0: Hi, everybody. Okay, okay, I got something here. This is right out of, we'll join the club, right? I'm refined. Join the club. Who isn't? Mortgage rates have fallen to record lows. I think earlier this month, 2.86%. They move around, but rates have plummeted since the pandemic began. But guess what? That club, well, it's so big now, even if you have the membership card in the parking space to proceed with a refi or a mortgage, you can't get in the door, you can't get a waiter, you can't get anybody to help you. <laughs> I mean, even if you do, somehow you slip through the cracks. It is very difficult to complete the process. There's huge waiting time right now. So imagine saving for 15 years to buy your dream home. You fill out all the finances and the paperwork, you've got it ready and you lose out due to the dreadful and Byzantine mortgage process. That's what happened to this week's podcast guest. But instead of letting this experience get him down, he really identified a problem within the industry and created a digital home ownership company where you do everything digitally online and never have to face a banker or lender. Let's bring in Better.com founder and CEO Vishal Gard. He's... The guy that I am dying to speak with simply because this is amazing. Thanks and welcome to Everyone
1: Talks to Liz, Michelle. Thank you so much, Liz. I'm so excited to be here. It's a real honor. Well, what would you say if I told you that two months ago I saw rates
0: plummeting and thought I got a refi and look, part of it is my fault. Getting all of the paperwork together is such a, a headache, but- it still hasn't happened. I finally got all the paperwork in and I haven't yet heard back from the lender.
1: Yeah, I mean, you need to you need to go to better.com and <laughs> and, 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 and refinance at there because you would have gotten uh, all the rates that you could have think about. Like it's like kayak at the front end. Like you could see whether you should do a 15 year fixed rate, 30 year fixed rate, five one our money. the thing's in three seconds. You could have gotten approved in three minutes and you could have actually locked your rate in 15. And then some of the paperwork that you need to upload and things like that, if you're you know, if you're a fancy person, you've got some K-1s, you've got all this other stuff, some, some, some other properties you own, you would get that and then you would close. But you would yeah. be locked your rate in 15 minutes. You'd be have mental, you know, you're like, I'm done for the next 30 years. I've locked in this crazy low rate, 3%, 2.875%, whatever it is, and, and, the, and then you go from there.
0: Wait, how do you do what you do? How is this as even possible to do well, it that quickly?
1: Well, you know what we did was 5 years ago I lost the house that my wife and I were trying to buy to a really broken and inefficient mortgage process. So I said and you know, I was at that time trading like 6 billion of mortgage backed securities. And I was like, in every one of those securities, there's thousands of loans and I can figure out the price of each and every one of those loans instantly, but it takes my bank 60 days to make a mortgage. So how does that make any sense? So why can't, you know, and so I went and looked at mortgage companies and mortgage companies, like I would see somebody, he's like, oh, I take the application. And another person's like, I check the income. And another person's like, I check the property. And then I was like, and each of those people are like retyping the same data into some machine printing it out, compiling the thing, coming back to you with nits and nats, sending it to somebody else and sending it to their 28 people. And I was like, why don't the machines talk to each other? And if the machines don't find what they need, then they come back and ask you for a clarification. And so we did that and we sort of reimagined the whole thing from the ground up. How would we want it to look? Well, you know, really, what do I want the machine to do is is I want the machine to tell me what the rate is. I don't want to have to call the loan officer to find out what the rate is. I want the machine to tell me when I should like refinance. I want the machine to like, ask me a few questions, whatever it needs to make that refinance happen and then lock it in. I want the machine after it locks it in to tell me exactly what I need to do to close this loan. And then I want the you know, notary ideally to be able to do it not in person in times of COVID and the like, cause we didn't think about COVID five years ago, but even then, like, why do I need to go to some old fusty office and some strip mall and like with some old chairs and this and that, Like, why can't, like, my phone knows it's me, everyone knows it's me, why can't we do a closing online? And so, honestly, we've been working at it for five years, we're growing super fast, and and we're here now.
0: Well, you're providing a service that people are desperate for, because it is intimidating, definitely, but who puts up the money for the actual loan? You got to explain to me how you as an entrepreneur started this company, and then fast forward to today, where... How many are you writing per, is it per month, per week? We're, we're doing about
1: $3 billion a month. We're the number two, uh, like, largest online lender after Rocket. We're growing mm-hmm. three times as fast. So we're growing 350% year on year. We're like an old school, like, you know, the internet is going to make the world a better place kind of company, right? And, and 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 so we're living the dream. And how we found the money, well, uh, in the beginning uh you know, thankfully life had been kind. So I went and bought a mortgage bank. So I bought one of these guys that, you know, has been around for a while that was doing this. And then we basically ripped the whole place apart. Uh, kind of like what, you know, Elon doesn't, you know, matter what you think of him, but like took an old Toyota factory and got the whole assembly line and then built Teslas on it and changed the whole game and had the machines making the cars and the people help them out. That's what we've been able to do with mortgages and, homeownership as a whole. And um, so we get our money directly from Fannie Mae, directly from Freddie Mac, directly from the FHA, no middleman. So we got licenses to go do that. And we have 30 of the biggest institutional investors in the country uh, buying loans on our platform, the same loans that, you know, when you get a loan at Wells or City or Chase, you then, they then sell the loan onto Fannie Mae. Mm-hmm. So we cut the banks out of the process and we take you direct to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or the Eppington.
0: Tell me what kind of resistance was first met, because I would imagine these bankers, they want to see you. They want to make sure you're a real person. There's no fraud involved. Who's tried to stand in your way from the traditionalists in the
1: mortgage world? I would say in the beginning, everyone said, you guys are doing it the way it should be done, but we're not going to do it your way because we'd be out of a job. And so the first, uh, you know, when I went pitching investors in 2015 and 2016, people are like, you can't make loans without a commission loan officer. It's just not gonna happen. And I was like, wait, what does a commission loan officer do? It's like uh, (laughs) Google forms inside a person, right? And I'm like, well, you know what I don't like about when a person on the phone takes my info I have no idea whether they might memorize that social security number. I feel a lot more comfortable putting in my social security number in a machine than I do on the phone. And they said, people are just not gonna do it. And then who's gonna chase up after the paperwork? Well, if you get rid of the paperwork, you don't need someone to chase up after, (laughs) right? And then he's like, who's gonna check the numbers are true? Well, if you get the number directly from your employer it's a lot better than you printing out the pay stub and faxing it to like, you know, Larry the loan officer who's then going to type it into some other thing and, you know, fat finger something along the way. And suddenly you have a problem right before closing. So can we get the data directly from the employers? Can we get the data directly from the IRS? Can we like send an appraiser to you immediately? Can we figure out if you even need an appraisal at all? All these things There are all these rules that people have made up and then they have humans to interpret the rules and we said, let's not have someone interpret the rules and inject whether you deserve it or not. Let's just go direct.
0: So you are the ultimate disruptor. You looked at an ages-old industry and said, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix it. But I'm, I'm interested to pinpoint now who it has been fixed for. I, I'm thinking a digital or online process would benefit those who have historically been really pushed away from the mortgage industry, historically African-Americans and minorities, LGBTQ, they have faced housing discrimination. How has digitizing the application process created an equal opportunity for all Americans, regardless of race, gender, or economic status?
1: Well, you know, I, I think I came to this country and I remember going with my dad when he wanted to open a bank account Uh, a brokerage account at at, uh, Merrill Lynch and the broker from Merrill Lynch is sitting there judging him, you know, and he had savings and he had money and then, but he's being judged. And honestly, that's not, it's not just the overlooked people because there's a huge part of this country that there's a huge class divide and education divide in this country. And you know where my customers come from? My customers are not New York and San Francisco people my customers are not just New York and San Francisco people who are you know, are buying million dollar houses because that's what the banks wanna focus on. The bank commission loan officer, he makes a point and a half. So is he gonna wanna do a million dollar mortgage or is he gonna wanna do a $200,000 mortgage? And you know, we're making mortgages in Decoder, Decatur, Georgia. We're making them in Nashville, Tennessee. We're making them in Austin, Texas. And that's actually what we're making them in Pensacola, Florida. We're making them, we're making the mortgage process just like E-Trade and Charles Schwab democratized access got rid of the commissions, we're doing the same for money.
0: You just referenced the fact that when you came to this country, let's talk about uh, the start of your journey. You came from India and talk about what you dealt with and and also how you harnessed and sank your teeth into the American dream and your success
1: story. I really appreciate it. Honestly, this is the best, the greatest country on earth. I remember the first image of America was the TWA tournament Mm. and JFK. And it's Erosarnen's TW terminal. It's an airport terminal that's shaped like a bird. It's like a flying bird. And I was like, man, this is about imagination, right? Like in India, the airport terminal is a box. Like it's like this. It's like it's like someone took like a bunch of you know container crates and put them next to each other. I was like, it's very utilitarian. It's a box. And I was like, this is beautiful. And, and 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 right, I think you know, to like when we got to elementary school. And, you know, we do the Pledge of Allegiance and we sing this land is your land, this land is my land, right? And, you know, not to like, again, in, you know, it, it's, there are things about this country, there are things about uh, the American dream that I was able to live in uh, in Queens, New York, where it was like a melting pot of all of us, like all striving, right? Like all yes. trying to do a thing or another, right? And And then I got a public education and I was like, and, you know, when you get a public education, that's really great. You come and, you know, lunch, if you can't afford it, people pay, you know, the, the school pays for the lunch. We eat the same lunch, the kids who can afford the lunch buy the same lunch as the lunch that, like the kids who can't afford it and they don't, nobody knows. And there's just this whole ecosystem built to help people feel secure about the basics so you can dream big. Like, so you can dream about going to the moon. So you can dream about doing like big things. Nobody, And I remember even, you know, it's been very, like, as long as you are willing to do your end of the bar yes. the deal, yes. right? As long as you're willing to work hard, right? I think that's the like, I, I grew up, everybody's like, you're willing to work hard. If you're willing to work harder than everyone else, you're going to win. And you just got to do it. You got to figure it out. But if there's a will, there's a way. And I think that that's the amazing thing about this country. The other amazing thing about this country is that this country is the first to say yes to something new.
0: You made it to NYU. You landed a job at Morgan Stanley in mergers and acquisitions at 21 years old. But then you quit. What happened? Why?
1: Uh, I went on a pitch uh, with Mary Meeker back in 1998. Famous uh, internet internet analyst and we were pitching these 24 year olds. And I was like, wait, I'm on the wrong side of the table. And everybody had always told me Vishal, like you're in a hurry to do a lot of things, but you got to take your time. You got to do this and you got to get to like this. And then maybe once you're like 30 or 35, you can do your own thing. And here are these 24 year olds and I'm pitching them right and and you know and 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 I was like, I don't want to miss out I, I I really you know, he didn't have it at that time, but like the regret minimization framework, like which is like live life as if you have no regrets, right and yeah. so and particularly your career, because if you know like first of all, in America, the country's great because you're allowed to fail, like you fail, like people are like, oh wow, he failed before like do a better job next time, right? Like, it's like, okay. Two, uh, what's the worst thing that can happen to me? They'll take, and you know, so I asked my dad, dad, I feel like quitting, I'm going to you know do this internet thing. And he's like, well, you know, if Morgan Stanley was willing to have you then, they'll have, we'll have you now, and they'll have you in the future. What's the worst that can nice. happen? He still made me take the GMATs and promised that I'd go to B-school if I, if I failed. But uh, thankfully that didn't work out and uh, I never went to B-school.
0: Well, one of your first efforts was My Rich Uncle. Talk about that. Besides a phenomenal name, what drew you to create that company?
1: Well, they said, hey, you know, I was like, I'm going to start an internet company. They're like, well, you should start a company about something you had trouble with. I was like, well, you know, me and a lot of my friends had trouble paying for college. College is starting to get expensive. You know, you get some scholarships, but you have to work. And I worked full time all throughout college. And there are all other people that are having a lot more fun. So I said, you know, th- that would be great. And you know, what did I not have? Like, well, you know, I, one, I didn't have enough money to go, but two, it was about like mentorship, about having somebody who knew better. And like, you know, we were immigrants to this country. So I didn't have a, like a rich uncle. Someone's like someone to bet on you, someone to back you. And we said, okay, well, everyone should have a rich uncle. Right? Wouldn't that be great? Uh, everyone should have a rich uncle, if everyone had a rich uncle who could tell them stuff and introduce them to people and help them pay for college. And uh, so we started a student loan company called by, called by the name My Rich Uncle at a time where everything was called like Student Loan Association or Education Finance Corporation or this, this, uh, I was like this thing. and uh, And it was tough in the beginning. It was really tough. But then we got it going and then it just took off. And it was about making like, it was about helping two things. One, it was about making loans faster, making loans cheaper. And then by doing that, helping more people be able to go to college and helping more people think about the college they could get into rather than the college they could afford.
0: But You guys also have to make money. Every time you start a company, you've got to have a business model where you eventually start to see profits versus just losses. Mm-hmm. Um, let me get to better.com's business model. How did you scale it from what I would imagine initially was a, a losing operation to getting backing from everyone, from Goldman Sachs to Citi to Amex? Uh,
1: I would say that actually we had a very simple ethos. Uh, I, I Thankfully, life had been kind to me such that I could afford to buy a mortgage bank at the age of 30, right. And go and buy a mortgage bank. And I, so we did that ourselves by myself and with my, uh, and then, you know, we got some partners together and we started doing this. So I think the the reality was we said, we're going to put the customer first and then we're going to put our employees second. We're going to put our business partners third, and then we're going to put our investors last. But by putting our customers first and having that ethos, there's so much friction. What we're going to do is we're going to take the commissions that the loan officer would make, and give it back to the consumer as a discount. We're gonna take all the benefits for automation and use that to make profit. And so we were very crystal clear, like 50-50, my customer is my partner in this, right? We save a hundred bucks, you get half, I get half. And by doing it that way, we're one of the few startups that grows, that is growing as fast as
2: we are, and is actually profitable.
0: We're not done yet. We'll be back in a moment.
2: That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services.
0: We just covered the mortgage uh, IPO of rocket.com. You gotta tell me, you wanna take this thing public eventually?
2: Um,
1: I have always believed that it's part of the American dream and the American social fabric that your customers should be allowed to invest in your company. Mm. So I drink Coca-Cola, I should be able to buy shares of Coca-Cola stock. I use an iPhone, I should be able to buy shares of Apple stock. So that's a yes. I firmly believe in that. I'm not sure when it will be and I'm not really allowed to comment on it.
0: Well, you have to come on my television show because this, this really strikes a chord with many, many people at the moment talking about refinancing and and just landing your first mortgage and talking to my brother. He's buying his second house and he is so anxiety ridden. He said, Liz, I can't sleep. You know, the seller's attorney wants it done Friday. Our mortgage bank is saying, no, it's 14 days from now. Everyone's going to pull out. The whole floor is going to fall apart. You know, this kind of anxiety is par for the course and people just accept it. You're telling us through better.com, you don't have to?
1: You don't have to. It's like applying to college as a grown up. You're being judged. Like you haven't been judged like this in a long, long time.
0: Can you give me uh, an example of an applicant who came to you after having been turned down by a traditional mortgage lender?
1: Oh, yeah. I'll give you a great example. So this customer came to us and they were aspirational. There were uh, He's from Ocala, Florida. Mm-hmm. And he really like sent me this email that encapsulated everything. He said, I have, I'm so thankful for letting, you know, for what you guys have built because because of the lower rate you provide, I have finally been able to afford a house that meets my family's needs. And because of the lower rate that you provide compared to the bank that I was working with, I was able to, cause he was on a budget of $1,600 a month. Mm-hmm. He was able to buy a house that was costing $330,000, rather than having to buy a house that was costing $290,000. And he had the same amount of down payment, $30,000. But the thing that was his monthly nut was 1600 bucks. That's how much he could afford. Mm -hmm. And every bank said, the most you can get is a $290,000 house. And they rejected him. And the realtors didn't take him seriously, because they were like, I'm not going to show you a house that your bank is going to reject you at. But we were able to give him a better rate, which allowed him to buy a better house in a better school district with a shorter commute to work. And he sent this email and I was like, that's what this is about. This isn't about just getting a better rate, because we can't tell the difference between three and five-eighths and three and seven-eighths. And it's like, oh, we're not going to remember that. You're not going to remember the rate. You're going to remember the house or you're going to (laughs) remember the refinance or you're going to remember your monthly payment because you're going to pay it every day of the year. That is what matters because you pay your mortgage, not once a month, you pay it every day, every second you're living in that house. And so that's why it matters.
0: We're in the middle of crisis, and I've been watching forbearance rates. While they're no longer at the peak, which we saw back in March, April, and May, they're still up there. And forbearance, of course, means people have asked their lenders to give them some time to pay because they can't make their monthly payments. What are you seeing, and how does that work at Better.com? If somebody comes to you and says, hold on, I can't I can't do this right now. I lost my job. My wife lost her job. And we cannot make this mortgage payment.
1: So when the crisis hit, we created a service and concierge desk. Because we heard that the servicers were so backed up that people were on hold for hours to -hmm. do that. So we can't let that happen to our customers. This is not their fault. They were doing good things. They were playing by the rules. And then this virus struck. And now they can't go to work. They can't drive people to work. They can't do whatever it is that they can't operate the restaurant. And so we have to be compassionate. And so, and that means allowing people to be able to get a forbearance as soon as they want it, because it's simple form. We'll fill it out for them. We'll do it. No questions asked. So we created a servicing uh, team and we told all our customers, please contact us, right? Because we know the servicers are clogged and we will contact through our backend, right? Uh, the servicer directly on your behalf. That all being said, the national forbearance rate is 8%, the forbearance rate, for our customers was less than 1%. Wow! And and it goes to the thing that I said, I said, if we can help people buy a better house with a better rate that they can better afford because they got a better mortgage, then they will default less. And this was, and I said this four years ago, and now we're seeing this, is if you can actually afford it more because you got a cheaper rate, Mm -hmm. you're gonna be able to afford it more when things hit, you know, things hit the fan.
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh, you know, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell announced this month that the Fed's going to keep interest rates near zero for years. I don't know how he can see three years out and think we'll still be in a crisis, but he says for years until he believes the U.S. economy will heal from the effects of COVID-19 pandemic and, you know, the labor market recovers. I need your prediction. What does that mean for interest rates on mortgages? What do you predict? I mean, we're already at two nine percent and below how much further down do they go or maybe up what's your prediction
1: i don't think they're going to go down that much i think more people will be able to qualify so right now we're seeing this great refinancing wave where mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have been sitting on the on the fence figuring out just getting their paperwork in order maybe their hr department isn't open and they can't get the pay stub and do all these complicated things so i think there's just this is an amazing time since COVID hit and the rates came down an average better customer on a $300,000 mortgage, they're saving like $7,000 a year. That's, forget about $7,000 a year, that's $500 a month. There are so many better things that you could be doing than paying Fannie Mae or us $500 a month extra, or your existing bank, $500 extra. So per month, and that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so we think that there's about 20 million American households that still have to, go through this process of refinancing. I think it's going to create immense economic security and immense savings and the ability to actually go out and spend money and go to a restaurant and do all these things, help get a tutor for your kid if you've got like some kid doing remote learning. I think it's really meaningful. I do think that it's going to take two, three years and then rates will go back up because fundamentally this country is a country that looks towards the future and builds the future and is focused on growth. This is a country that doesn't sit still. So if there's gonna be growth, then money has to have a cost. And money will have a cost, then interest rates will go up.
0: Well, you're a guy who it seems doesn't sit still. Your energy is unbelievable. Your optimism is something that actually just listening to you makes me feel better about the world. So I guess as we finish, I'd love to know which business leaders have you looked up to in the past when you were starting out? Who did you look at and say, I wanna be like that?
1: I would say, I look up to somebody like Sam Walton, the guy who started Walmart. And you know, in some places people say Walmart does this and this, but quite frankly, Walmart sells superior products at a cheaper price to average Americans Mm -hmm. and makes their lives better is open is available when they walk in they're not going to be judged they're going to be greeted and i think that that is magnificent and i think you know i look up to jeff bezos and i look up to elon musk because elon musk dares to dream and then makes the future possible and shows us that we can actually make the future possible so while he is going to make a better place for humanity on mars i am going to make home better here And so I I think about that. I think the people who have the audacity to dream, but ultimately the people who care and who like put themselves out there as Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to do good for the world because that's the only way. And I was talking to someone earlier today. I was like, why do good for the world? It's actually a very selfish act. I need to do good for the world so that my children can live in a better world and my grandchildren can live in a better world because I'm not going to be able to control them. So I have to make the world a better place for them. And they're not gonna have the same motivation. They're not gonna have the same, you know, upbringing. They're not gonna have the same thing. And maybe they won't even be as lucky.
0: I really wish more people were like you. And I hope that our listeners can hear this and and take from it this optimism that you have, but paired with unbelievable hard work and a focus for doing good. Last question. How hard was it to get the domain name
1: better.com? It was crazy hard. Was crazy hard. <laughs> I stalked this guy for like 13 months who had it. And it was some dude in Canada who had registered it back in like 1999. <laughs> and then so some German company had it. And then like, I was like, and then suddenly the German company didn't. And then I reached out to this guy and, um, and he was like, my price is this. And I was like, okay, I'm not gonna negotiate price but I am going to negotiate payment terms. And so we did a deal. I gave him his price and he gave me my payment terms and that was it. And once I got it, I knew it was was destined to be.
0: Some dude up in Albany had my name
1: years ago.
0: And I was like, I need that name. But I had to weasel it. Let's just put it that way. It was not easy because I knew once he knew it was me asking for it because I was on CNBC at the time. And so I I really pulled a fast one. You know, I had somebody make the call, act like it was for their kid. Totally lied. (laughs) I'm admitting it now. Totally lied. Um,
1: Well, well, you're sharper than I am. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) I'm not so sure about that. Listen, congratulations. We wish you the com, and we are going to follow your story, and I hope that our listeners have really squeezed the goodness out of this juicy orange. You know, it's like you're this piece of fruit that is so sweet, but also good for you, and that's my pathetic analogy at the moment for now, but Vishal, it's great to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so
1: much, Liz. This has been a real pleasure. I love your energy. I love the enthusiasm, and thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it.
0: Vishal Garg of better.com. And I hope you guys are feeling better these days. I know it's hard. We're all still, most of us working from home and slogging through every day, but take some of this, this fairy dust that has just been sprinkled into your ears from Vishal and his optimism and run with it. And as always, I'm right there for you, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Fox Business Network, Monday through Friday on the Claim and Countdown. Tune in, come hang out with me. Watch your money. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Kudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Kudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.